Hey, Alana Terry here. Welcome to the Successful Writer Podcast. Today, I am sharing a snippet from a webinar we did at the end of 2021 called Market Your Book Like a Pro. We talked about both facets of marketing. We talked about the ins and outs of paid ads and Facebook and Amazon and BookBub and all of that. We also talked about the mindset issues that allow us to be effective marketers. So overcoming the fear of coming across as salesy, being very reader-centric in our book marketing, and things like that. So I hope that you enjoy these snippets from our webinar. And if you want to access the replay, it's available for free when you go to courses.alanaterry.com slash pro. Enjoy. So let's talk real quick about why mindset matters. First of all, a lot of it's for us. A lot of it is because if we feel like marketing is a have to, if we feel like marketing is totally cut and dry, if we feel like marketing is going to kill our soul and make us greedy and sleazy and make everybody sick of hearing from us, then of course we're not going to enjoy it. And what I find is that like, if mama ain't happy in the real world, like writing mama ain't happy as a novelist. And so if I go to write it, like if I, if today's a writing day and I'm going to write my novel, but I know in the back of my head, once I write this stupid novel, I'm going to have to learn how to market the novel. And I hate the marketing and it feels so terrible. Like that's actually going to impact my art, right? Like, so it's not just you need to market your books and you need to make peace with marketing because it's essential to make money. It's because if you have such a heavy load on your shoulders, it's going to impact even the creative process as well. So that's why I, I really love talking about bringing the creativity into your marketing. So even if you don't design your own covers, I would never even bother to try. But I think we all know of an author who will design their own cover and they treat it as a, a break from the writing that's still productive and B it's a creative way to get to know their characters. Right? So as an example, author Jane knows she's going to write a romance. So she goes and she finds the right photos and the right setting and she builds this cover. And as she's doing that, it's allowing her brain to kind of get to know these characters so that when she sits down to write, those characters are already fleshed out. That's an example of taking something that some people would think is just an admin have to, but making it part of the creative process. Now, I'm not saying we all need to go out and design our own covers, but this can apply for writing your blurb. This can apply to writing your email newsletters. This definitely applies to setting up your ads, especially the question of imagining our ideal reader. The same magic that allows us to create amazing characters in books allows us to create the perfect avatar that we want to reach with our ads. So there's a creative side that goes into it. Same thing with people who do design their own graphics. I don't love doing graphics. I do mostly like stock, stock things if I can. But a lot of people, when they're designing their graphics, it's fun. It's relaxing. It's a way to be productive that's not writing. And it's also a way to kind of get to know your book. So let's say you're creating a pre-order graphic for a book that you're going to advertise on BookBub. And so you've got this itty bitty space to make this itty bitty graphic and you're, you've got your book cover and then you're looking for the background to go on the book cover. And as you're searching through the different backgrounds, 
person A could be saying, I hate that I'm having to work on this. I hate that I have to do the marketing. I don't even know if this is going to work. I lost money on BookBub ads two years ago, and I would rather be writing. Okay, that's the attitude that person A could bring into it. Whereas person B could be looking at the different backgrounds and actually using it as a way to get into the right mood for their book. In the same way that like people will create a playlist for a different book, like you can be looking at these images being like, okay, is the dark woods the right background or is the creepy cabin with an eerie light the right background? And that helps you get into the right mood that you are creating with your words. What I decided to do is I decided to look at managing my ads, like not really the creating the ads. There's almost two different hats I wear. I wear the creating the ads where I definitely put on my like artistic hat. And then I, I have the managing the ad side, which is a little bit more just kind of looking at numbers and things. What I like to do is I like to do the numbers when I'm tired and need a way to relax. So instead of telling myself, numbers are horrible, I hate math, I'm never going to touch a spreadsheet, ads stink. I tell myself, okay, I work so much with words. It's kind of nice to work with numbers for a change. I work with like characters who refuse to talk to me and plot holes that refuse to resolve themselves. Numbers are never going to surprise me. Four plus four is always going to be eight, no matter what. So I find ads like, you know how some people will like organize their cupboards when they need, when they like life feels chaotic, they just need to organize something. Like that's kind of how I treat analyzing my ads. Like numbers are always predictable. They're always right there. I just, I am, if you're feeling like managing your ads is a have to, what I recommend, like I make it kind of a, like you're, this is a little bit more extreme of a word than I want to use, but I can't think of anything better and it'll drive the point home. Like I have a date with my ads dashboard. I put on some really fun music. I get myself a really good cup of coffee. I make sure that like I'm super, super comfortable and cozy. So maybe instead of being at my stand-up desk, I'm just going to like, you know, put on my bathrobe and sit on the couch and be all comfy and cozy. I'm going to put Glee on in the background because that's like my go-to work TV show <laughs> that I watch. So find a way to like bring a couple things that you really enjoy, like maybe for the next month, like you're going to give yourself a slice of cheesecake every time you do your ads, <laughs> like tr find a way to associate doing your ads and managing with something that's relaxing or fun. And that can help. So what we're talking about is first of all, you don't have to market anywhere. Your sales, your success, your career trajectory is entirely up to you. Now, most people, once they get into ads and find them profitable, are going to choose to keep going that route. But there are other ways to sell your books by word of mouth, by just being amazingly engaged with your readers, by having an awesome newsletter. So there are other ways to sell your book. So I don't want anybody to go away saying, okay, in order to be successful, I must do ads on here and I must do ads on here and I must do ads on here and I must spend this amount of money on it. You're in charge. I think the smartest thing to do, if you've never run any ads, the smartest thing to do is pick one platform and learn it well, and then experiment with another platform. Okay. So nobody needs to start all the things all at once. And the other thing is we don't need to feel pressured and guilty because somebody sometime told us that this is the only way to make money as an author.
Next, we're going to talk about how to get over if you feel sleazy marketing, how to get over if you feel resentful, right? Why should I have to market my book? I just want to be a writer. Like, I think if I said, raise your hand, if you've ever said that, probably a hundred percent of us would say at one point, we have probably said, I don't want to market my books. I just want to write them, which is why sometimes us as creatives and intuitives, we kind of resist the marketing conversations because it sounds like it's just about making money. And, you know, how can you milk your readers for all they're worth? And of course, as a loving, compassionate person, that's not going to feel good for you. And so learning to see marketing as a way to connect with your readers is amazing. Like I started Facebook ads because I wanted to make more money from my books. What I learned was that by running Facebook ads, because Facebook is such a social network and a social platform, is I'm able to connect with people, whether or not they read my books, and a lot of them do, but even some of the conversations that happen in the comments of my posts, like some of my favorite are when I'll make a Facebook ad for one of my books, and someone jumps on and tags eight of her friends and says, oh, we should read this next in book club. And then there's side conversations where they're planning their next get together and things. And so we can always be reader focused in our marketing. And I feel like if you're concerned, if marketing feels greedy or sleazy or selfish or anything like that, this is a great time to remember, like the most effective marketing is reader centric. So it's not what can I get out of this? It's how can you give your reader what they're already looking for? Once you really grasp the reader centric aspect of marketing, it's going to make all of those concerns you have kind of disappear because you're giving your reader something they want. So in a newsletter, are you entertaining them? Are you inspiring them? Are you just telling them about a sale because they want to know about the sale? Here's my newsletter rule. My reader should get something out of my newsletter, even if they never buy my book. Okay. So what do they get? Are they going to get a funny story? Are they going to get to feel like they're connected to me or to the other readers on that newsletter list? Are they going to get news about books in a genre they love? They, I want them to get something out of it, even if they don't buy my book. For those of you who are on the Successful Writer newsletter, I send out, usually like I'll send something inspiring or educational out and hopefully amusing, you know, like with memes and stuff. And then at the very end, I'll be like, oh, and here's a webinar that you might want to sign up for, or here's a course that I just released. And so it's more about, even if nobody buys that course, I still want them to have gotten something out of it. So again, the more you can focus on being reader centric, the less you'll be worried about bugging people or coming across as pushy or things like that. What I found is that there is a really fun creative exchange. So I used to think of writing as totally solitary. I would write a book because I love to write my book. People read my book, cool, but I'm going to do it because I love to do it. But that has shifted for me because I've had such a fun exchange with my readers. And by exchange, I don't even really mean like I send out an email and my readers write me back. It's more under the surface. Like I wrote book one in a series. All the reviews brought up, like, I can't wait to see what happens about this little itty bitty subplot that I never even plans to readdress. Or by book three, I realized everybody loves this side character that I just kind of threw in there because I needed something. But then I was able to see, okay, they love this character. Let's, let's flesh her out more. So I love the exchange that comes from interacting 
with readers. And for that to happen, you need readers. All right. I hope that you enjoyed that and found it encouraging and informative. And again, if you want to listen to the entire replay where we go even deeper into some of the mindset things, as well as the different ad platforms so that you can market your book like a pro, you can access that at courses.alanaterry.com slash pro. Hope you're having a great day and we'll talk to you soon.